morning. Good to see you all on a rainy Sunday morning. Just before you go to the message, just two quick announcements. We're having a men's breakfast this Saturday at Uncle Joe's, so if you'd like to come, just sign up outside so we know how many people are coming, um, and we can reserve the right amount of space. August 8th is the day before we leave for Peru, our youth and our young adults, and we're going to have a praise and worship night, uh, August 8th. That's a Wednesday night, so please um, schedule that. Don't plan anything else for that evening. Come out. Uh, we would love to see everyone here just to support our young people as we get ready to go to Peru the next day in, early in the morning. So we would love to see everyone out there on August 8th. All right. You know, there's a story of a couple of frogs. These two frogs, they were going one place and they fell into a ditch. Right? And they were in this ditch, and they were jumping, and they were trying to get out of the ditch. They were doing their best to get out of the ditch, but they could not get out of the ditch. And their little frog buddies got around, and they surrounded the, the ditch. And they were looking there, and they were, their friends were yelling at them, saying, You cannot get out. It's too deep. Stop trying. But they kept trying and trying, but they couldn't get out of the ditch. And so one of the frogs just got so discouraged because his friends at the top were saying, you can't get out, so he just gave up trying. The other, pers- other frog, he kept jumping and jumping and jumping and trying his best to get out. Although his friends were yelling at him from the top, it's too deep, stop trying, you can't get out, there's no help. And this frog kept trying and trying, and finally he got out of the ditch. Right? And he got out, and he was out of the ditch. His other frog friend is still in the ditch, and he's out of the ditch, and he's so happy. And his friends at the top, they realize he was deaf. And he couldn't hear what they were saying, and he thought all along that they were encouraging him along and saying, jump, 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 and get out. The story of two different frogs and the power of words. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for gathering us in your house today, and we pray that you'd speak to us through your word. We pray that you would uh, help us to understand from the book of Proverbs various things about our speech and about words, and most of all, Lord, help us to be doers of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we're going through the book of Proverbs, and we're, uh, we've been studying a few different things, and today and the next couple of weeks as well, we're just going to be looking at a couple of themes in the book of Proverbs. Next week, we're going to look at slothfulness, laziness, right? So don't skip out on church. Don't be lazy. Come out, okay? Um, But today we're going to look at the words of life. We're going to look at some things that the book of Proverbs says about speech. And in Proverbs 18, I'm going to give you a lot of verses today because we're talking about speech, we're talking about words, and I think the most powerful thing that we can have is the word of God, right? And so that we can understand what God's word talks about in terms of speech. So Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue has the power of life and death. And so in this illustration that I gave you of these two frogs, one got discouraged and thinking, I can't get out because all of his friends were saying it's too deep, but you know what, just give up. The other who couldn't hear what they were saying, and he just assumed that he was being cheered on and encouraged, right? He kept trying. And so in our lives as well, we have power in our tongue. We can bless others or we can discourage others. We can help others or we can tear tear others down. Chapter 13 and verse 3 in Proverbs says, Those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly come to ruin. Are we people like that, that we just speak rashly? 
will come to ruin. James 1 verse 26 says, those who consider themselves religious, I don't know anyone here if you consider yourself religious or a Christ follower, and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, what happens? Deceive themselves. And their religion is worthless. See how important the tongue is in our lives? See how important that we have to guard our tongue and keep our tongue and be careful what comes out of our mouth. Val read from James chapter 3 and about how the tongue is a small part in the body, but yet it boasts great things and it's set on fire and it can control the whole, whole body. And so we need to be careful. So I'm going to talk about five different things, no, six different things uh, of types of speech that we need to be careful of that the book of Proverbs in its wisdom warns us of. Okay, things that we have to maybe set a guard in our mouth or things that we have to be careful because, again, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so we need to be careful. Number one, excessive talking. How many people have a problem with this? Right? Excessive talking, right? That just words just stream out, right? And so the book of Proverbs warns us about this. In chapter 10 and verse 19 says, too much talk leads to what? Sin. Have you found that in your life? That we talk and talk, and if you just keep talking, sin is going to come out. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and... That's what the Bible says, right? <laughs> be sensible and keep your mouth shut. We have to be careful sometimes because sometimes we're too quick to speak and we say things that we probably shouldn't be, be saying, but we'll talk about that in a minute as well. So sometimes when, when the heart is restless then we just start to talk and talk and talk, right? When our heart maybe is at rest, then maybe our mouth as well can be at rest. Psalm 141 says, the psalmist says, set a guard over my mouth. This is a good prayer to make. Set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips, right? So now let me just tell you ahead of time, as we go through this, you're probably thinking to yourself, oh, this is a good message for so-and-so to hear. Oh, this person who talks this way, or this person that says this and that. So forget about all of that. We're going to concentrate on ourselves, okay? So don't think about your neighbor. Don't be nudging the person next to you, right? Or thinking about your husband or your wife. Maybe it applies to them, but let's just concentrate on ourselves first today, right? Proverbs 17 and verse 27 says, the one who has knowledge uses words with what? restraint. Do we use uh, restraint when we speak? And whoever has understanding is even tempered, right? Restraint in our speech. In chapter 21, it says, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut. And what happens? We'll stay out of trouble. How many times has our mouth gotten us into trouble? For sure for me. Anyone else? We just open it out and just trouble is on the way right? And so Proverbs gives us this wisdom. Watch your tongue, keep your mouth shut, and you will stay out of trouble. Now, I'm probably going to get in trouble this morning here because I'm going to be talking and you're all listening, right? So I got, I got to be the one that has to be careful, right? But in, in the New Testament, Jesus says, be careful because we have to give account for every idle word that we speak. In Ecclesiastes, it says in chapter 5 and verse 3, too many words make you a, a fool. So there's some strong exhortations there. On March 4th, 1841, William Harrison became the ninth president of the United States, okay? Now, you're saying, William Harrison? Who is William Harrison? Yeah, most people don't know about William Harrison because he was only the president for one month, right? Short amount of time. 
And what happened was he, he's known for this one thing. You know what it is? The longest inaugural address, right? His speech lasted for, I think, about two hours or somewhere around there. It was the longest inaugural address. And he came riding in on a horse, and it was a bad day that it was raining and different things like that. But he didn't care, and he was so very bold and brash. And he made this long, big speech and said all of these things. And in one month's time, he got pneumonia and died, right, in office. He might have probably done better to give a shorter speech (laughs) instead of a longer one. But we have to be careful. Number two, gossip. Oh, the thing that never happens in church, right? The thing that never happens in families, right? So why do we need to talk about gossip? Yeah, I got a lot of verses here for gossip, right? Because this kills families. This kills relationships in church as well too, right? Proverbs 8 verse 18, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. It's like choice morsels, something good. Don't you ever like to hear a a good piece of juicy gossip? Right? Yeah. Do you know what so-and-so did? Did you hear so-and-so said this? Do you know so-and-so went there? Right? And it's like a juicy piece of gossip, right? Like Like a good, nice steak, right, that we're eating. Oh, that tastes so good. But we have to be careful because it destroys us. Right? In chapter 26, verse 20 says, Fire goes out without wood and quarrels disappear when gossip stops. The opposite of that is that quarrels come when gossip abounds. We have to be careful about this. In 1 Timothy, Paul warns Timothy and says, he says, he says, warn those people that are gossipers, that are busybodies, that just go around and talk and talk and talk. Right? And you give all these uh, wrong impressions. You know, there's a saying, loose lips Do you know where that started? Loose lips sink ships. It started in World War II. It was actually a slogan in World War II because they didn't want the American people to give away certain secrets about their uh, ships and things like that. And so they, they knew that there were spies in America. And so there was a warning sent out by the government saying, loose lips sink ships. And they, they plastered this all over the place and they had posters and they were warning the people, be careful what you say Because if you say something inadvertently and it's an enemy on our property, then that news will get back and you could be the cause of a sunken ship, right? And now, of course, that phrase has become pretty ubiquitous and we understand loose lips sink ships. Be careful. Chapter 25, verse 23 says, as surely as the north wind brings rain, so a gossiping tongue causes anger. Have you been the result of the, uh, have you experienced the result of gossip maybe in your life? Somebody has said something and it's gotten you angry. Maybe you've been the one that's gossiped and you've gotten angry, right? A gossiping tongue causes, causes anger, right? Chapter 16 and verse 28 says, a perverse person stirs up conflict and gossip separates close friends. This has happened. Dear friends, this, this has happened in, with friendships, this has happened with families, this has happened in church, this has happened in so many different areas where you have a good bond of friendship, a good family relationship, and some gossip comes, some news comes, and what happens? It creates a huge division, it creates a huge stir, and for years and years and years, people don't talk to each other. Death and life, and the power of the tongue. And so the Proverbs gives us wisdom to be careful about those things. Chapter 17 and verse 9 says, whoever would foster love covers an offense, 
But whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. If we give ourselves to gossip, if we give our tongue to gossip, realize the pain that we cause to other people. Realize that the division that we can bring between close friends. And so the Bible exhorts us, be careful in what we say. In the book of Ephesians, it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come from your mouths, but only that which is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Let let the words of our mouth be words that bless others, that build others up. Instead of using our words as gossip and to tear people down and to cause division, to cause anger and strife and all of those things, let our words be words that bless others, that encourage others, that that help others in whatever trial and whatever difficulty that they're going through, that you can be a blessing to them in their time of need. In Proverbs 6, there's a section that talks about seven things that the Lord hates. And in one of them, verse 19, it says, A false witness who pours out lies and a person, person who stirs up conflict in the community. Are we people like that? Do we stir up conflict within the community by using our tongue to gossip? There's a story of a woman in a, in a village and she started to gossip and say all sorts of things about another lady in that village. And uh, one day she found out you know exactly what had happened, and uh, she was really disappointed in the whole situation, and that lady really repented, and she was sorry that she had gossiped about this other lady and caused so much stir and caused so much pain and caused so much turmoil within that, within that village. So she went to a, a wise man in that village, and she said, look, this is what happened. I caused so much pain. I caused so much hurt with my words. I gossiped about this other lady. What should I do? And that wise man said, Go home, kill all your chickens, and pluck their feathers out and put them in a bag. She thought, okay, that's weird. And he said, then come and see me tomorrow. But as you're coming, open up that bag and let those feathers go. And so she did that. She killed all of her chickens. She put all the feathers in the bag. As she was coming to see the wise man the next day, all the feathers were going all over the place and and the whole bag was empty. She finally got to the wise man and she said, okay, I've done what you said. Now what should I do? And And he said, now go back and collect all the feathers. And she said, I can't do that. They were all blown all over the place. And he said, and that's the same thing with your words. Because what you have said has already impacted so many people, already hurt so many people. So be careful with our words. Be careful with what we say, right? In chapter 16 of Proverbs, in verse 24, says, Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, healing to the bones. Wouldn't that be beautiful for our words to be like? The honeycomb. Be gracious words. Sweet to the soul. Healing to the bones. Where we bless others. We encourage others. We help others. All right, number three. Lying. Uh Uh-oh. Now, in the list of seven things that God hates in chapter six of Proverbs, there's actually three things, right, uh, that have to do with speech, right? These are, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness, it's another one with speech, 
who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Gossip, which we already talked about. Chapter 15 and verse 4 says, An honest witness does not lie. A false witness breeds lies. God is looking for honesty in our lives. And sometimes honesty will cost us. Sometimes honesty will be painful. Sometimes to say the right thing and do the right thing will be hard and difficult. Sometimes we think that we can say a lie and maybe get out of something temporarily. But the problem is that one lie will lead to another lie. Chapter 12 in verse 22 says, The Lord detests lying lips. He detests it. He hates it. But he delights in those who tell the truth. Delights in those who... Do we want God to delight in us? Then let the words of our mouth be honest words, true words, right? In chapter 19 and verse 5, it says, A false witness will not go unpunished, nor will a liar escape. There's no escape. There's coming a day of accountability, a day when truth shall be known. And so God wants us to be people of truth, of honesty, that the words that we speak are honest words. There's an interesting passage in Isaiah chapter 6. Um, in, that, in that passage, Isaiah has this vision of God. And he has this vision of God, and he's basically in the throne room, and he sees these angels, and they're crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And Isaiah, seeing the glory of God and seeing the, this amazing vision and seeing the splendor of God, the, uh, the, the, the holiness of God, and these angels crying out, Isaiah sees all these things, and then he looks at himself, and what does he come to the conclusion of? I am unclean. He says, I'm a, pers- I'm a person that's unclean. He says, woe to me, I cried, after he sees this amazing vision. He says, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. When he sees the holiness of God, when he sees the truth of God, when he sees the purity of God, when he sees the magnificence of God, when he sees the glory of God, the conclusion that Isaiah comes to, he says, I am unclean, and especially the thing that is unclean with me is my lips, my words. And he says, I live in the midst of an unclean, a, a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Isaiah received this revelation of his uncleanness, of his iniquity, of his sin, of the problem with his speech when he saw the Lord. And when we see the holiness of God, when we see the purity of God, when we see the glory of God, the splendor of God, the magnificence of God, we will see our fault and our failure as well. And he says, then one of the seraphims flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and he said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Dear friends, today, as we talk about some of these things, maybe you think, oh, my words are terrible. My speech is terrible. What should I do? Jesus Christ died for us that we can receive the forgiveness of sins. Jesus Christ shed his blood for us so that we can be forgiven. And he's here today to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us. If we've said wrong things, if we've done wrong things, whatever situation we might find ourselves in life, today Christ is here to forgive us and to cleanse us, just as how God did for Isaiah. And we can come to his throne, to that throne of grace. We can come into his presence and receive help from the Lord and receive cleansing from the Lord today. Number four flattery, right? Flattery. How many people like to get flattered, right? But the book of Proverbs warns about flattery because it could be very deceptive. 
and says, to flatter friends is to lay a trap for their feet. What does that mean? We flatter friends, but then they don't really see where they stand, so there's the opportunity to to fall. Sometimes we just say nice things to other people because we want them to be our friends instead of actually speaking the truth. And that can be a detriment to them as well. And so we have to be careful with flattering. In Psalms it says, May the Lord silence all flattering lips and every boastful tongue. Right? We should be careful with flattery. There's a story in the Bible um, about King David and his son Absalom. And Absalom wanted to become king. He wanted to dethrone his own father and become king in David's place. And the Bible says that Absalom, he came, he came into the city and he sat at the gate and people would come with their problems and with their difficulties. And what did, what did Absalom do? He flattered them. And he spoke nicely to them. And he said, oh, well, if I was king, I would, I would do this for you. I would do that for you. I would hear your cause. I would bring you justice. And he flattered them. And he started to win their hearts over, but in a very deceptive way, in a very cunning way. And Proverbs says, he says, it says, smooth words may hide a wicked heart. Sometimes we can be deceptive. Sometimes we can be flattering other people. Sometimes people will flatter us, but we should be careful of that as well. They'll love you until the day they hate you. And something comes in between. Smooth words may hide a wicked heart, just as a pretty glaze covers a clay pot. Enemies disguise themselves with their lips, but in their hearts they harbor deceit. Though their speech is charming, do not believe them, for seven abominations fills their heart. Speech can be charming, speech can be flattering. It might make us feel good for a time, but is it really the truth? And so Proverbs warns us, to be careful of this type of speech, flattering speech. Number five, hasty words, right? Sometimes do we just speak before we think? The first thing that comes to our our, our mind, we just say it right away without even thinking beforehand. Proverbs says in chapter 29 and verse 20, there is more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks without thinking. These are pretty hard words here, but these are words of wisdom for our lives that will help us to guard our mouth Right? We don't need to speak everything at that moment, but we, we should keep quiet. Right? I think one reason that God made us with two ears and one mouth is that we can listen more and talk less. Right? Imagine if we had two mouths and one ear. Oh boy, what a mess that would be. Right? Moses made a grave mistake. Moses was an amazing leader for the children of Israel. He led them through good times and bad times, difficulties. He was their rock. He was just a, a solid presence, right, throughout the whole thing. And he, 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 he did so many things to intercede for the children of Israel. But one mistake Moses made. Out of all these amazing good things that Moses did, and one mistake that Moses made, and God said, can't come into the promised land, Moses. You're staying outside. In Psalm Psalm 106, it says at Meribah, too, they angered the Lord, causing Moses serious trouble. They made Moses angry, and what happened? He spoke foolishly. And God said, Moses, because of what happened at the waters of Meribah, you cannot come into the promised land. Right? We should be careful with our words. Careful with what we're saying. James says in chapter 1 and verse 19, my dear brothers and sisters, he's pleading with the people, take note of this. 
Everyone should be quick to speak. No, no, no. Everyone should be quick to listen. Slow to speak. Slow to become angry. How many problems will we be able to avoid if we listen first and then speak later? Right? So many times we're just so quick to speak. We're hasty with our words. Just The words just come out. But we need to be slow to speak. Right? Slow to anger. Proverbs, I like this verse. Proverbs 25, verse 11. A word fitly spoken or a word spoken in the right time at the right place for the right occasion is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Wow, look at that. A golden apple in a setting of silver. That's pretty beautiful. A word that's spoken at the right time in the right place in the right occasion. It's like an apple of gold in a setting of silver. Something very beautiful. That's how our words should be. Be very careful. Words are sometimes like toothpaste. You squeeze it and it comes out. When we face pressure, whatever's inside comes out. But you try putting the... Have, have you ever done that? Have you ever put some toothpaste on your, tooth, on your toothbrush and you put too much? Anyone ever have that? Just me? <laughs> you put too much toothpaste on your, on your toothbrush and you're like, oh, let me put some of that back. Oh no, you can't. Once it comes out, it's out. That's it. You can't do, you do anything with it. You better like brush your teeth twice, maybe. Once it's out, that's it. You got to use it. You can't put the toothpaste back into the tube. You can't put your words back into your mouth. So it's better to be slow to speak and quick to listen. Right? Number six, last one. Negative speech. I just made this one big category. Murmuring, complaining, just saying negative stuff to people. This is a, it's, it's a big problem. There's a, there's a guy named Will Bowen, and he speaks about complaining and murmuring. And uh, his line, which I found pretty humorous, was he said, complaining is like bad breath. You notice it when it comes out of somebody else's mouth, but not your own. Right? That's what he said about complaining. Right? It's like bad breath. Right? You don't want to talk to somebody that has bad breath. Right? Complaining is like that. You don't want to hear the complaints when other people are just speaking negative things and bad things and tearing you down. It's like bad breath, but you notice it in other people, but sometimes we don't notice it in our own lives, right? And how many know that negative speech or negative things seem to travel much faster than positive things, right? If it's something negative or bad, wow, it's passed through the grapevine so quickly. But if it's something positive or good, that takes a little bit more time, right? A good example is when the children of Israel, they were uh, waiting to go into the promised land, And Moses, he sent out 12 spies to sort of spy out the land and check it out and see what they need to do in order to conquer that land. And so these 12 spies came back and they said, the land is so amazing, it's so great. But 10 of those spies said, but it's too much for us. We cannot conquer that land. Those people, they're like giants. There's no way that we can conquer it. Two people gave a positive report and said, no, if God is for us, he will help us. He will bring us into the land. 10 people said, no, let's not even try. Don't even go for it. And what happened? The report of the 10 people spread so quickly through the whole camp of Israel. And people said, forget it, let's not even try. Right? We have to be very careful. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. What, is our speech just negative? Is it harsh? Is it 
demeaning to people? Is it murmuring? Is it complaining? You know, the virtuous woman in Proverbs chapter 31, there's so many amazing qualities of her. But one thing it says, when she speaks, her words are wise and she gives instructions with kindness. Kindness, such a beautiful quality. She gives instructions with kindness, right? Sometimes our words to other people can be reckless. Proverbs talks about this as well. It says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords. Have you ever felt someone speaking to you and their words are like swords? It just comes and cuts you. It just comes and tears you apart. And you just feel like you're bleeding and dying because of their words. Well, how about the other way around? How many times have our words been like swords to other people? And they go and they tear and they cut. But the tongue of the wise, what does the tongue of the wise do? Brings healing. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. To bring words out like swords or bring words out that bring healing to others. What kind of tongue do we want to have? What kind of tongue is God wanting us to have? And again, maybe we fail. I mean, I think all of us fail. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm preaching to, to myself here. But may we come to God's throne of grace and ask him for help today because he's here with mercy and forgiveness to help us. Colossians chapter four and verse six says, let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Have you ever thought about your conversation being attractive? Right? Maybe you think it's something as attractive as something that's physically beautiful. But here the apostle says, let your conversation be gracious and attractive. Oh, that person's speech is very attractive, right? Okay, I'm going to get you to do something, all right? Audience participation here, okay? Uh, I want you to turn to two people, and I want you to tell them, just bless them with something. Maybe just tell them, God bless you. Maybe say, Jesus loves you. Maybe say, you're a child of God. Maybe quote to them a promise of God. Um, the Lord is your strength and your redeemer. The Lord fights for you. The Lord is your, your refuge and strength, the very present help in time of trouble, all right? So just turn to the person next to you, turn to the person behind you, in front of you, just find two or three people and bless them. Use your words to bless them. Now, wasn't that good? Didn't that make you feel good to bless somebody with the words of your mouth? Didn't that make you feel good to receive a blessing from somebody as well? Right? With the words of their mouth? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. With our words, we can bring life to others. With our words, we can bless others. With our words, we can encourage others. But with our words also, we can tear down others. But what we need to concentrate on as well is what's inside. Because the Bible says that out of the abundance of our heart then our mouth speaks. And so in Luke, it says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So my challenge to you, dear friends, today, what is our heart full of? The words of our mouth will be a reflection of what's in our heart. If we bless others, that's what's in our heart, right? Let's be a blessing to others. Let's encourage others. So I just want to tell you three things in closing. Three things that, that, that can help you to maybe overcome. Three things that can help you in this area of speech. And I'll just say this very quickly. Number one, very simple, mind your own business. Okay? Very simple. 
The, we, we get into problems of gossip, we get into problems of flattery, we get into problems of this and that because we're meddling in other people's business, we're meddling in places where we shouldn't be, right? And so number one is, is pretty easy. Mind your own business. First Thessalonians says, make it your goal to live a quiet life. Now, I'm just taking the words that the Bible says here. Minding your own business and working with your hands just as we instructed you to do. Simple thing. If we just mind our own business, we don't meddle with other people's things, then gossip we can stay clear of will be really good that way. So that's one way to help us in a practical sense, right, with the words of our mouth. Number two, the second thing, listen to the voice of God, right? Listen to the voice of God. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. In Isaiah, this is a beautiful verse, in Isaiah it says, the sovereign Lord, Isaiah 50 verse 4, the sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue. Would you like that? Since you're the sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue. I like that. I want a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. The sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue so that I can speak a word to the person that's weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. See, if we want to have that well-instructed tongue, if we want to have that speech that God delights in, then we wake up every morning, how? To hear from the Lord. Jesus said, whatever my father tells me, that's what I do. Whatever my father tells me, that's what I say. And so one way that God can help us in our speech is just hear the Lord. Hear God's voice. Hear God speaking to us. And let him direct the words of our mouth. And the final thing, number three, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Read the Bible. Memorize words, uh, uh, verses in the Bible. Spend time studying the word of God. Put into our lives the word of God. As we put God's word into our lives, as we enrich ourselves with the word of God, as it dwells richly in our lives, then that's what's going to come out as well. If we put poison inside of us, then poison is going to come out. If we put bad things in our lives, then bad things are going to come out as well. But if we put good things in our lives, if we put the word of God, if we put the love of God, the kindness of God, the grace of God, the goodness of God, all of these amazing and wonderful things that God gives to us, if we invest that into our lives, then that's what comes out of our mouth as well. Let the message in Colossians, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Just invest into our lives by filling our lives with the word of God. Fill our lives with God's love. Fill our lives with God's peace, with his kindness, with his goodness, with his mercy. And that will be reflected to other people. And God will help us with our speech. Psalm 19, just this last verse, verse 14. It says, and we're going to sing this song as well as we close. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. As we meditate on God's word, as God's word fills our heart, then what we say will be pleasing to the Lord. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing 
in your sight.